It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to Postcast where the Utah Jazz get trucked, frankly, by the Indiana Pacers, 111-100, the final. The headline will be about a lot of ejections, and we'll talk about them and what happened there. People will be complaining a lot in the chat room about the officials. But if I was a Jazz fan, I would be concerned by tonight's performance by your team. We'll talk about it all coming up on Postcast. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Postcast is brought to you by our good friends over at the store, 6200 South, as well as right over here at the Gateway, where the jet, you can get your mudslide cookies, all your other goodies, and all your holiday needs at the store. All right, Ron Boone, I think the chat room in those places will take us to the ejections, but the fact of the matter is the Jazz were being run, were being beaten, beaten badly, and the thing I kept talking about on the air was that Indiana owned the space. The Jazz didn't own their area. Indiana owned the space on offensive rebounding. They got 50% of the offensive rebounds in the first half. When Malcolm Brogdon wanted to drive, he owned the space. When they wanted to protect the rim, they owned the space. I, I thought the Jazz just got thoroughly beaten and all their weaknesses got exposed and I thought tonight was really disturbing. I totally agree with you and, and, and uh, there's some areas that I would I was a little concerned with the way the ball game was going is, is the, their ability to get to the basket first of all especially with Rodman, Rodden 
and and the way Rick Carlisle had positioned things to take Rudy out of the equation of, of protecting the protecting the basket. The other is the energy level. The Jazz just not match the energy level now. McConnell was probably the, the 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 guy that set the pace, set the pace, and they just could not solve the middle pick and roll there with 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 the um, the Pacers were doing, and and you know then you start making big shots, Miles Turner makes some three points, field goals, and things like that, and the Jazz was just playing catch up all night long. So there are three areas where. It's concerning if you're for the Jazz that are kind of season long issues. So one is if someone switches one through five, can they keep their offense going? Can they exploit it? And Rick Carlisle brought out the one through five split switch and really stymied the Jazz offense for yeah, portions of this game. This is this is something the Jazz. Uh, I thought they got a little bit better at that uh, last year. I know you you were saying that Rudy. Uh, did a very good job at the end of last season of when they switched one through five, being able to defend uh, out on the perimeter. Uh, but, you know, the way the spacing was, I thought, for the Pacers tonight really kept Rudy from uh, trying trying to help out. I mean, you got to give Rick Carlisle and the Indiana Pacers, you know, credit for the way they attacked the Jazz, and they just could not respond. Then you have uh, Conley, six foot one, having to defend Brogdon, six foot what was six, six, two, five, yeah, yeah 230 six, six. pounds are yeah. awfully difficult to do. And then the fact that the three point shot is just not falling for the jazz right now. If the jazz were making some of those three, they were, they were a, a miserable 28%, nine for 32 again tonight. If they make some of those threes and I'm still, we're still waiting for them to catch fire. We're still waiting Clarkson to catch fire. Uh, but it, until that happens, you know, the Jazz just might be struggling playing a lot of close ball games. So the Jazz did not have a good offensive night. Uh, they were under one point of possession for much of the night. And then one way you stop the Jazz from running is if you, they can't get a rebound. And the Jazz got about half of Indiana's misses in the first half. The Jazz, on average, gets 76%, I think it is, of the defensive rebounds. They had 50% at halftime. I mean, that, it, that is brutal. Yeah. You give up 12 offensive rebounds in the first half, ended up with 15 for the game. So they did a pretty good job in the second half of not giving up those offensive rebounds. But by then, you're playing uphill. I mean, you're, you're, you're really struggling trying to, trying to catch up. And it just got awfully difficult for the Jazz. And hopefully, you know, the, 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 there's a remedy somewhere where the Jazz can – because teams are going to start to play the Jazz this way but from now on. We're seeing – more and more extended stretches where Rudy's not having a defensive impact. Quinn Snyder said to the media, like, stop talking about our three-point shooting. Why is our defense ranked eighth? I think the reason the defense is ranked eighth is because there are more and more stretches of games where teams are coming, and their sole goal, they watch what the Clippers did. This league's smart. Rick Carlisle prepared an entire defensive game plan to play the Jazz last year because they were up 2-0 on the Clippers, and they thought they were playing the Jazz, and they lost that series. Mm -hmm. He brought that game plan out. He brought the playoff game plan out tonight to prepare for the Jazz, and that game plan is to get Rudy out of the middle of the floor and attack for the other side so he can't have an impact, and we're seeing extended stretches where that's taking place. I found it interesting that you recognize that uh, Rick Carlisle run one of the Jazz plays, and, and, and they end up scoring off of it, so you got to get Rick, I mean, it, again, I know we're talking about what the Jazz didn't do what they and what they should have done and, and all of those kind of things, but as you just mentioned, Rick Carlisle is a He's a great coach. He does a lot of great things. What did I say? He's got over 800, 800 victories. 
Donovan Mitchell is wearing a locked on t-shirt at his press conference right now. <laughs> yeah, you better get a picture. Of that. I better get a picture of that. That is so classic. Well, hopefully he says something goes viral. <laughs> oh, that is so great. Oh, that's funny. All right, let's get to the ejections. Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles seem to have been ejected for making contact with officials. We didn't get word of why, unfortunately, because uh, we don't have that referee microphone hooked up. Um, but that's not great. After seeing the replay, it really looked like Joe Ingles came in, and he may have pushed Ed Malloy with both hands. That is definitely a no-no. That is a automatic suspension, uh, maybe a fine, um, and, and obviously an ejection. Said so Donovan Mitchell may have inadvertently or wasn't trying to touch an official because whatever he was upset about, I didn't see. But I think he shoved off at the very last second mm-hmm. when he was in that last little scrum. He gave Ed Malloy and Ed Malloy. I'll or, leave. I'll leave opinions of Ed so, Malloy. So my my question here is that um, what I would like to see in skirmishes like that. I mean, every team we got three security. Every team's got a number of security. Uh, you got other players on the floor. I probably would like to see officials just get out of the way. Yeah, why did Ed, when four security guards are over there with Donovan Mitchell at the end, right. why does why does Ed Malloy need to be over there? Yeah, exactly. Why okay. Do they, why do they need to be in the way? Sorry, guys. Still kind of cool. I got to make sure I take pictures of this, send it to the crew. Yeah. Um, what about Joe Ingles? That was a pretty – I didn't see it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. It was a two-hand push. It okay. really looked – from what I saw, and, and it looked like a two-hand push. Um, but when guys are going to help out and they're trying to make sure that, that – in, in this case, Rudy, make sure that he doesn't get um, sucker punts or anything like that and you're trying to get in between, you know, you, you're going to try to push or get in front or grab whoever's there and – Ed Malloy was there. But again, I would love to see officials just get out of the way of stuff like that. Let players handle it and let the security handle it. But you see how fast they were out there on the floor. I mean, they, boy, it was a crowd of people immediately. And so I'd like to see officials just bail out. All right, let's see if we get any comments. Let's see what David has to say. This is one of the toughest stretches of games I've watched. Even our seven wins that, in thir- that I've seen in 30 years. Okay, let's not get too carried away. Something's not right with this team, but I don't know why. What's your? Uh, it seems like an overstatement, Ron, but I mean, I, I think it's fair to say we have not been great yet this year, and no. it, it doesn't feel like things are very smooth right now. So, and, and I, to add, I, I totally agree with you. There's something not right. But if you look at the overall scheme of things, if the Jazz were making 20% or 25% more of the three-point shot attempts right now, we probably would be singing a, a little different tune, maybe the same tune, but maybe less harsh. But there, there's something definitely not right now. And, and there's a couple of players that aren't very not aren't off to a very good start that's, that's, um, that's hurting the team. So many clear drives to the basket. I think that actually, that's the most concerning thing is that, you know, you can't have, if teams can remove Rudy and then not have Royce O'Neal involved, right. we, we've got to somehow not have guys driving the basket. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and that's, that's the big thing. So, again, um, positioning. Uh, we heard coaches this morning talk about positioning. Uh, know your personnel. 
you know, all of those things. But if, if that stuff doesn't translate to your to your team, to your individual players, then it doesn't happen. And then Carlisle, Jesus, man, I'll tell you what, he's a smart coach. Yeah, and, in, and it worked tonight. Yeah, Indiana know? was super good. All right, let's go to another comment. What, what is going on? There's so much one-on-one. The ball is sticking. Last year, they were sharing and playing with so much joy. Have other teams made it so that they don't play that way? Or have we just moved away from that style of play? This is a great question, Jared. And we asked both Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley this this week in a conversation. The answer is the opponents are doing this a little bit. That that by hugging three-point shooters, you eliminate the ball movement. Tonight, what their plan was, was to hug the three-point shooters. I think switching one through five makes it very hard to pass. Yeah. That eliminates passing, forces you into isolation. Hugging the shooters eliminates some of the passing. And they really were forcing you to throw it into Rudy. They were really basically saying, Rudy's got to beat us offensively tonight, and that's something Rudy's got to be able to do. So just just think about this now. What, what, what teams want to do is, and what a lot of teams offensively is, is run a pick and roll, get a mismatch, and then take advantage of that. Or run a pick and roll, get a mismatch. Now you start to execute your offense to get something different, maybe a pick and roll with Rudy or, or something like that. Um, but when you're switching one through five, a lot of times that just that just, just doesn't happen. And uh, if the Jazz don't get those early threes, which they aren't doing right now, which are not, they're not, as, as you mentioned, what, within seven seconds, then I don't see that happening right now. They're getting them. They didn't get them tonight. They've been yeah. getting them. They just didn't make them. Uh, Jackson's had no effect on the game. Jazz got beat. Bad defense and rebounding. Absolutely. I think we 100% agree with that, um, but wanted to get everyone's comments. Ejections are understandable, but the text for regular fouls is not – Refs got to be better than that. No defense equals no wins for us. Got to play better D. Uh, you know, maybe the refs were off to go watch the game. Uh, our complaining was incessant tonight. Right. And that's the other one Quinn's going to talk about. We've got to stop complaining. We lost more points in transition defense tonight by complaining about officials. It, it really was incessant. Yeah, we, we saw more free throws tonight than we've seen in, in quite some time. Uh, Jazz ended up with 23 attempts at the free throw line. The Pacers ended up with 19. So, the hi there. The fouls aren't. Um, uh, it, it, teams just aren't up until this point we're not fouling as much and so we were always talking about that players were going to be complaining because of the way the game is called now uh, but what we saw tonight was a lot of complaining about what's not called and most, most of that stuff was in the paint Rudy thinking he's getting fouled every time he's trying to shoot or catch the basketball those, those type of things and it, it starts to carry over to your teammates and before you know it you got a fight going all right let's see what they do a little adversity here not a big deal but they weren't good tonight like let's see how they deal with it miami's beat them earlier they got them at 330 they got a lot of stuff going on frankly with all this unfortunate um i don't want to like involve it but it is involved like that's like we did a pre- like donovan and joe did their presser today not a word about basketball quinn did a presser today not a word about basketball um, Let me say one thing yeah. before you go there, because normally when, when coaches start talking about defense, I mean, they, they, there's a number. And I've always been thought that if you hold a team to 42, 43 percent from the field uh, in a ball game, you have a good chance of winning. They shoot 44 percent, almost 45 percent. That's probably two or three percentage points higher than the normal 35 percent from the three point line. Jazz at 47 percent. But where they didn't work was definitely from that three. And the offensive rebounds. Look at my shot attempts. I mean, yeah, offensive rebounds fifteen, 
I mean, well, I think they had 96 seven. shots. We had 83, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their offensive rebounding was it. Right. All right. So. That wraps us up. Thanks very much for tuning into Postcast. Locked on Jazz tomorrow will be real. Talk to you then. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 